Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. On September 2nd, 1945, Formal surrender documents were signed aboard the USS Missouri, designating the day as the official Victory Over Japan Day, effectively ending World War II. This is a day we should all hold on to and never forget. And although not nearly as serious, later this month, one of the greatest fantasy football players to ever don a helmet would begin his final season. And yes, that's a pun, because this player's name was Don Hudson. Welcome to Fantasy Football Origin Stories, where each episode is a journey back in time to explore the unique experiences of some of the coolest and most influential people in the fantasy football industry. I'm your host, Arnie Chapman, also known as the Football History Dude. Now, I love fantasy football, and I want you to come along with me to explore the yesteryear of the armchair gridiron. So hop on board my DeLorean, Let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This time as we step off the DeLorean, the date is September 7th, 1963, and we are at the steps of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We're here to watch the inaugural class be enshrined in Canton, Ohio. We will see the likes of Papa Bear George Hallis, Jim Thorpe, Bracco Nagurski, Red Grange, Burt Bell, and quite possibly the greatest fantasy football player of all time, be enshrined in this class. No, it wasn't Ernie Nevers, even though he holds a record for the most actual NFL points in one game, scoring 40 points, 40 physical points. That's six touchdowns and four extra points in a 40-6 to six route over the Chicago Bears on November 28th, 1929. If you add up the yards, he might have had the fantasy football record of some sorts at least, right? No. We are here to talk about Don Hudson, the wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers that single-handedly dominated the entire field for many years in a row. Now, you think Jerry Rice was good? Sure. But the separation between Rice and the field was nothing like Don Hudson. Now, do yourself a favor and look him up. Better yet, head over to episode 10 of the Football History Do podcast and many others over here on the Sports History Network. Then come back to me. And tell me he's not one of the greatest, possibly the greatest fantasy football value and asset of all time. But why am I bringing this up? Why bring it up now in a fantasy football podcast? Something from 1929 or Don Hudson's career from the 30s and 40s. Well, it's because I like to bring you a new fantasy football history lesson each and every week. But more importantly, it's because it's going to tie into this week's guest. You'll see why in a few minutes when we get to the interview. 
And speaking of this week's guest, his name is Bob Lung of Big Guy Fantasy Sports and the creator of the Fantasy Football Expo. We're going to talk about both of these things and so much more in this interview. But before we get into the interview, I got to remind you, if you enjoy this show, please make sure you leave a rating and a review. And of course, you got to go tell your friends because like I said before, this is the one fantasy football show you're okay with sharing with your friends. You're okay with sharing with your league mates because we're not talking about weekly lineups. We're talking about origin stories. And the best way to share it with them, just send them over to the website. That's straight up at fantasyfootballoriginstories.com. Again, fantasyfootballoriginstories.com. And after you do that, let's hop back in this DeLorean, strap ourselves to the flux capacitor, and get this baby up to 88 miles per hour as we head back in time to learn about the fantasy football origin story of the one and only Bob Long. I mean, yeah, because I mean, looking back, I know like you yeah, had the history. Well, you know what? Well, hey, I'm 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 burying the lead. Let's get into that as we go. So, one thing you're gonna do is you're yeah. gonna be riding this thing a lot throughout the show. We'll be hopping on the DeLorean. We'll get that baby up to 88 miles an hour. We're nice. gonna right, cool. kick it back and stuff. So, like the first time, like, we'll get into your like career and all that stuff. We can call it as your fantasy mm-hmm. industry. But what what is your first memory of fantasy football? My first memory of fantasy football was 1985. My friend um, calls me and he goes, hey, come over to the house. I got this book I want you to read and look at. He says, I was at the bookstore and I found this little book. And it wasn't like a full-size book. It was like a like literally like pamphlet, like a almost like a booklet. You know, it wasn't – I don't know how many pages it was. Small book. And the gentleman's name was Chris Charpentier. And it was just called playing fantasy football. It's all it was basically just a very basic. Here's how to play. Get twelve guys, ten guys, or girls, or whatever. Get ten people. Um, have a draft. Keep track of the points. You know, of course, there's no internet. Lotus one two three. There's no Microsoft Office. Luckily, I worked for a accounting firm at the time, so I had access to a, an actual personal computer with Lotus one two three. So, of course, I got to be commissioner because I was the only one who had that. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that was my, you know, and I read the book and I'm like, yeah, sounds like a blast. Why not? You know, why not? And, you know, I mean, we had no idea what it was going to turn into. I mean, you know, I didn't look at that and go, hey, you know, th- uh, 40 years from now, you know, I'm going to be put on the biggest expo in the world and I'm going to write my own book. And, I'm, you know, none of that stuff ever crossed. It was just fun you know, living in Northeast Ohio, rooting for the Browns. Well, they actually were decent in the mid eighties. Um, you know, it was just something else to kind of pay attention for football. And I loved sports and football and, uh, and, and I actually started playing fantasy baseball, um, later on as well. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the first thing. So we'll get into that whole, like, you said the how did it lead to the biggest expo in the world as far as the as far as the fantasy football goes. So talk about you know you're you're in the hotbed of football. I mean, Canton it doesn't get any more hotbed than that. And you know the, the old Canton Bulldogs and everything. I mean, did you you said you grew up being a Browns fan? But were you heavy into football? Period, or was it just like kind of a, it was there? Um, you know the, the Hall of Fame was always here. I've I've been born and raised here, so you know I I always kind of joked that the Hall of Fame was opened officially opened 11 days before I was born. So it was open September 7th, 1963. I was born September 18th, 1963. So I said, obviously, I was born with football in my blood. 
Now, <clears throat> be that as it may, um, I was always very small in school, so I never actually played real football, like on a football field with pads. Now, I played backyard football all day, every day with my friends, had a blast, loved it. Um, was always disappointed that I really never got to be, um, and when I got to be, I guess, close enough to big enough to play, I was a senior, and by then it's too late. Um, but I loved the game. I loved watching it. I was So I was a Browns fan because I had to be, but I was a Raiders fan because I wanted to be. Um, because in the in the 70s and 80s, especially the 70s, I had to root for somebody that could beat the Steelers because the Browns certainly couldn't do it. So the Raiders were the team, right? They were, the, you know, it was the Ken Stablers, you know, Al Davis, uh, John Madden, um, you know. So I was always rooting for the Raiders because that they, they were winners. And I love the whole attitude, the whole just win baby. Still to this day, I still kind of am a closet Raiders fan. I when I went out to Vegas a few a uh, couple years ago, got to tour the stadium, um, and I, we can get into this at another point. But I also, since I've lived here all my life, have been a driver for Hall of Fame Weekend for thirty four years. Wow! Yeah, I mean, t- so going back to the uh, the, the football, I, I want you you hit something on there. I forgot what it was. Oh, because you weren't you, you said I didn't grow up playing it and everything, and you know that's something that we talked about. So the episode that released. What's today? Thursday? Yeah. So the episode I released yesterday as a podcast. So this listen in the future. They're like, I don't know what this talks about. But so me and Matthew Berry talked about how, yeah, it went from a bunch of nerds to at some point being like mainstream and most people like, you know, more than even the sport itself, possibly, which is cool about fantasy football. The fact that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be able to play it or even understand fully the whole game, but you understand stats and you understand that guy just scored a touchdown and I just won some money or whatever it may be. So it's just a cool thing to equalizer and a good thing to bring everybody together. Um, let's okay let's let's do that. Let's let's go to your fantasy football origin story. Let's take it from this first time you said, hey, I might actually want to do some kind of contribution to the fantasy football industry until now, boom, I'm, I'm headlining this expo that's that's huge in Canton, Ohio. I'm going to take a step back of where where the idea of the, the whole that whole thing came into play. So it actually ties in very well with me driving for Hall of Fame weekend for the last 34 years. So just to tell people out there what that means is, is that since 1990, Every year when the Hall of Famers come in town for Hall of Fame Weekend to Canton, Ohio, I was assigned um, – now, when I started, it was like drive a big van and just take people, groups of people, and I met some players. But now that I'm number four on the seniority list, every year I get an enshrinee. So I've driven everyone from Al Davis to John Madden to Kurt Warner. Last year – I two years ago, I had John Lynch. Last year, I've had uh, Champ Bailey – um, and the list goes on and on because I've been doing it for 34 years. And in addition to that, because I born and raised in Canton and I grew up as a child, um, as a youngster going to the Hall of Fame weekend, which was back when I was 10, 12 years old, was a two day event. Um, they had a morning breakfast. They had a um, women's luncheon. Uh, for the wives and stuff for a fashion show. They had the dinner at night, which was when they gave them their jackets. That was one whole day. Then the next day, they had a parade starting at 8 a.m. on the streets of Canton. Those people came off the parade at 10 a.m. At 11 a.m., they did the inductions on the steps of the Hall of Fame with about 200 people watching, most of them family and people who came into town for it. Then at about 1 o'clock, they did the football game. Days o- The weekend's over. That was it. It was a two-day, everything crammed into two thing, right? 
And I went to a lot of the stuff. My grandpa and my dad loved to t- go to the games because, you know, it's, it's a Saturday afternoon game. It's, you know, $4 to go to the football game. Um, you know, um, every year they did a rotation for every team. So every team played once every 16 years. Um, there was no who's getting inducted. None of that. No big fanfares. Just was a cool event that I felt like was our cities and we the only ones that had it. And very few people came into town. But I watched that turn into now what is a five-day extravaganza of parades, concerts, um, you know, live national broadcast, 23,000 people into a football stadium watching induction. The game is completely sold out. They have parties. They have events. They ha- It's just nonstop. And it's awesome. And I always said, man, why can't we do something super cool like that the next weekend for fantasy football? And so as I was driving year after years, and I'd say maybe 10 years ago, I kind of started like nudging people that I knew within the Hall of Fame organization, like, hey, guys, you know, this fantasy football stuff is kind of a big deal. What if we try to do something together and make this all work? And, you know, I think it'd be in and I and I don't want to sound sexist, but <laughs> most of the event people were all females. And I guess what their thought of fantasy football was. Oh, that's a dumb game that my husband and their buddies and they get drunk and they play and they yell at the TV screen and oh, oh, no, it would, no, that's dumb. So fighting a losing battle. But about five years ago, um, some other people took over. I finally got in, had some people that, oh, yeah, I play. Oh, yeah, I know it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, do you do you know anybody in the fantasy industry? I'm like, yeah, I know everybody in the fantasy industry by now because I've been doing it for 20 years. And I said to them, I go, well, here's my idea. Um, what if we put together like, let's just start small. We're, let's if we put together a best of the best fantasy football analyst, experts, whatever you want to call them, and we do a live draft in the Hall of Fame. Get Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio to broadcast it live. Would you guys be interested? Well, yeah, but I mean, how are you going to do all that? And I said, well, I know all the people. <laughs> so I emailed guys from ESPN, CBS, Yahoo, all the guys you probably know well. Uh, and I said, hey, guys, what do you think of this idea? And funny thing was, is that Brad Evans, who used to be with Yahoo, now has uh, with uh, Bally's said, actually, I thought about this idea too. I just needed a cool place to hold it and you have that. So let's do this. And so that was 2018. We had the first, what we classified as the King's Classic. It was 24 of the best and biggest names, um, either website or, or whatever, who best people I could get to all come into town. We had this draft. We did a, an auction draft and a snake draft. And SiriusXM came in from New York, brought all their stuff, did a live broadcast, I think that day our hashtag of King's Classic 20 or 2018 was like the fifth highest trending Twitter of the day. Um, it, it just blew up and it was huge and it was really exciting. And um, we went out to a BW3s afterward. Everybody loved it. We just had a good time. And so then the next year came and um, Tony Romo had been doing a NF, uh, what he called the National Fantasy Football Convention down in Dallas, um, putting it on for a couple years. And I thought about going to it, but it was horribly expensive. It's like $2,000 to get a booth. 
Um, you know, cause it was a big deal and he had players and, you know, but it was horribly expensive. And so, but there were some people who went and they said basically it was a waste of time for fantasy. It was just an autograph session and a lot of, you know, fantasy people felt like they just wasted a lot of money. And they said, man, we, we need something that somebody put together that we could have an expo for us, for the people that have full-time jobs, which is 90% of the people out there probably 95% of the people out there, full-time jobs, but they do it on the side. They have a passion. They write about whatever. Um, and I said, well, I already got the King's Classic guys coming in. Why don't we just do an expo the next day? You know, have a little get-together Saturday night. And that's what we did, 2019. So, yeah, brought all the guys back in, had our draft again, met at BW3s again. But all this time, it was all the people who were going to go to the expo the next day as uh, exhibitors or sponsors. And a lot of these people, of course, were just in awe of, oh my gosh, here's the biggest names in fantasy football and I'm talking to them and they're talking to me and we're interacting and, you know, and of course what we all found out was we're all, we're all the same people. You know, we all worked hard to get to where we're at, whether you work at ESPN or you do it on your own or whatever. And it just went off really well. I only had like 75 people show up for as asshole, you know, actual attendees. But it was like, okay, it's a nice start, you know. Um, so I didn't think much of it. I, I thought, okay, good start. Everybody seemed to be okay with it. Of course, 2020 came and everybody just, you know, the, the world didn't exist. So 2021 came around and, I, you know, people were asking me, are we going to do this or not? And I go, well, we've, you know, it was February-ish, March. I said, well, there's vaccines coming, things to be heading in the right direction. By August, I think we're going to be good. Let's give it a shot. And I was expecting maybe double, 150, maybe 200, 500 people showed up. (laughs) Okay. So it was a good kickoff. Again, people loved it. We had a great time. So 2022, we, you know, put it back out there. Last year we had 750 people and this year we're shooting for a thousand. So dumb luck that maybe because everybody was caught up and, needed to get out of the house and just needed an excuse. And this was it. I guess we'll call it that. Um, but it was just exciting that we created this weekend that I kind of envisioned in my head of, you know, we have a party on Saturday night. We have a party on Friday night. We have drafts all day Saturday with the expos all day Sunday, panel discussion. I mean, everything you would want out of what I would call fantasy football's greatest weekend because the Hall of Fame calls their weekend football's greatest weekend. And I felt like, hey, I think we've created it, and now we just keep building on it, and that's how we got to be where we are today. So somebody that's going to plan on attending this year's Fantasy Football Expo, first, like, what's the dates, and then what can they expect from the weekend? So the dates are August 11th through the 13th. So again, we start Friday night the 11th with a party downtown um, at Centennial Plaza, which is a, a place they built for the 100th anniversary of the NFL, which was created in Canton in 1920. Uh, really fun, uh, nice outdoor venue. Uh, it's right down the street from the hotel, so it's very convenient. And we just hang out. You know, we had last year we had a cornhole tournament that was fun. We'll do that again this year. We have music. You know, there's food and drinks to people to buy, um, and everybody just hangs out and just you know it's kind of like a family reunion. Um, but then Saturday we do the drafts. You get a ticket to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so you can tour the hall. Um, Saturday night, we have another party. This one we're going to hold at the Hall of Fame Village is right behind the Hall of Fame now. 
Um, and then Sat Sunday, we're going to do the All Day Expo, which is, you know, 50 trade show booths of all the top name sites. Uh, you know, you can walk around, chat with them, get their information. They usually have lots of giveaways, you know, shirts, jerseys, whatever. Uh, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio will be there all weekend broadcasting live. Um, we're doing it inside the 100,000 square foot football covered uh, football field covered dome that they just built last year. So we have lots of room and uh, it's just a good time, you know, so if you have some buddies, uh, but you can bring your wife. They, they play, you know, bring your wife and friends and whoever. Um, even if they don't play fantasy football, come for the parties. <laughs> so I tell them, like, bring your bring your wife and kids for the parties. I mean, you know, it's family friendly. You know, we're not not doing anything out of the ordinary. Um, it's just a fun weekend. And if you want to get tickets, just go to thefantasyfootballexpo.com. Get your weekend tickets. It's only seventy five dollars for a weekend pass. Covers every you know covers all of your entrances into everything. You get the ticket to Hall of Fame. That alone is thirty five dollars right now. So <laughs> that covers half of it. Um, so it's it's really a good deal. We keep it very inexpensive. If you want to be an exhibitor, it's only $375 for a booth. I mean, again, we're, we try to keep the cost down so that anybody can come, whether you just started your own idea for a fantasy site or you've been doing it for 10 years. Come and enjoy. Share your knowledge. We have panel discussions of every topic you can think of. So, And again, that's thefantasyfootballexpo.com. Yep. We'll make sure we say that again at the end of this interview. So how about, let's give, I don't know, so give a little bit of love for like maybe a few people that have really helped you put this expo on before we dive back into the DeLorean. Yeah, no. Um, so like I said, basically the big, I, I'll just call them the big guys. So Andy Barron's Yahoo, Brad Evans, who's with Yahoo then now at Bally's, Mike Clay from ESPN. Um, Bob Harris from Football Diehards, Dave Richards from CBS Sports. I mean, these are guys that are, you know, fantasy sports Hall of Famers. Um, you know, the fact that they have supported me from day one with this idea, because if they don't come, if they just like, eh, it's okay, maybe we'll come, maybe we won't, it doesn't happen. You know, and they always say, no, Bob, you did it all without you. And I'm like, no, you don't get it <laughs> because, you know, if you if the if the big guys don't come and it's just us, then you kind of lose credibility, I guess would be the word. Um, you could still have a fun party, but if none of the big sites are coming and representing, then you feel like, well, it's it's just not as cool. But the fact that people come and they see their favorite analyst or expert, they're like, oh, my gosh, I followed Dave Richards for years, CBS Sports. And he was so nice. And he's, you know, talked to me. And, he, you know, he didn't once talk down to me. He's such a cool. Yeah, that's the way that they're, they're cool people, too. Because, <laughs> again, they, they all started where we started, playing fantasy football, thought we could do something more. And they just turned it into something bigger than we did. Um, nothing wrong with anybody, what they've done and what they've accomplished, you know. Um but good for them. I mean, and that's that's really those are the guys that really have pushed this, helped me push this along. And, and without them, it's not as big. Maybe we still do it, but it's not as big. No, I mean, I would agree. It's to give the recognition of someone to like, hey, this it's just an additional reason for me to actually go to this place. Maybe meet a you know the Dave Richard or the Brad Evans and the other guys that you mentioned. Uh, it's kind of actually as you were talking, it was kind of made me think about how 
that even though fantasy football has been around since you know Bill Wickenbach and all that stuff way back in the, I think it was the late sixties or whatever. Late 60s, yeah, yeah. Whenever he got real sick of the Raiders, you know, not having a good team, um, it just really when you think about it, the actual yeah, anybody, nobody was actually built to go to school to be a fantasy football analyst. It was always like, oh, there's a poker player, this was an accountant, or this was in even that's the me. most popular. Yeah, oh, you're an accountant. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. That, that's how I got into the whole. Oh, that's data right. Yeah, and... you said you were the only one that could handle the spreadsheets back in the day. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So it's just kind of cool how it's an industry that's been born, and just it's like I guess it's the yeoman's work, it's the regular people, whatever you want to call it, that have been able mm-hmm. to to rise up as far as you know industry experts, whatever you want to call them and everything. And the fun part too is now what, what I enjoy seeing a lot at the expo and it's becoming more and more is the guys bringing their kids, their sons, their daughters, whoever that are now playing in the leagues with them. To me, that's just super cool that they're passing that down. And now the kids are super excited. So they're coming to the expo with them. Um, we've had a few of those last year, you know, 14, 15 year old sons coming um, and some brother, daughters, because um, they played in leagues with them and they wanted to meet the same people they did, you know. So that, I think that's just super cool. No, I agree. That's uh, something that's, I mean, we talked about it earlier about the whole, the weekend of fantasy, I'm sorry, of, of the Hall of Fame weekend being, you know, the greatest weekend and all that kind of thing. And it's fantasy football now has become more popular than somebody watching Hall of Fame, you know, like it's really diehards watching the Hall of Fame. It's fantasy football is just anybody, even if they're not interested in the game itself. Um, speaking of that, so you were there, you said 85, your first time. I mean, I was looking it up. Uh, let's see here. So I think it was Marcus Allen. Yeah. So Marcus Allen, Raiders, speaking of your your team right there, he was the number one scorer that year. Then Roger Cred, number two, of course, Walter Payton, everybody knows him. Uh, when you got into, Dan let's Marino. now. Yeah. Dan Marino was right there. I that saw that too. That for touchdown passes that year was a big part of one of our guys winning the championship. So, (laughs) well, so did you start? Okay. Let's go back in the DeLorean again, as far as like your personal, like industry, you know, contributions. And we could talk about the clutch game and all that stuff or get into the big guy sports. Let's go with your origin in the fantasy football industry. Yeah. So like I said, so I started playing, um, uh, in 1985. So, you know, we just had had fun. We played. It was all buddies, you know, local buddies. In fact, the funny thing and unique thing was um, because we knew about the Hall of Fame, we decided to call our league the Hall of Fantasy, the Hall of Fame Fantasy League. So HFFL, H-O-F-F-L. And the reason we did it was we called the Hall of Fame and we said, hey, we would like to do a fantasy football draft in your gold jacket room, which is like a boardroom they had. How much would that cost to rent it? And they had no idea what we were talking about. And they're like, well, we don't know what a fantasy football draft is, but as long as you buy the entrance, like the ticket to get in, we'll just give you the room for free. Okay. So, you know, now back then it wasn't that expensive, maybe 10 bucks to get in. So we all paid 10 bucks. We got in, we got to be in their boardroom and we did their, our first draft and we did probably most of probably the first 10 years of our drafts we did in there. Wow. Um, and so we thought that was cool. Like, again, we're drafting a Hall of Fame, you know, first ones ever, guaranteed. Um, and so, like I said, that that was kind of where that, the, the so we, you know, the Hall of Fame connection to us. So we fast forward now from 1985 to 2002. Um, and this, our, the way our scoring was, it was touchdown only because 
we didn't have, you know, Yahoo back then. So if you had a really good running back who rushed for a lot of touchdowns, that was kind of a key because you got six points for rushing touchdowns. But we did because we didn't understand scoring concepts back in 1985. Six points for rushing touchdowns, passing touchdowns, three points went to the quarterback, three points went to the wide receiver. So again, rushing quarterback or a running running uh, running backs were huge. Well, that year I had Sean Alexander in my league, in my team. He ends up winning the MVP, rushes for like, I don't know, 15 or 18 touchdowns. I think it was 15. But five of them were in one game, hit three in another game and two in another game. So he scored two-thirds of his touchdowns in three games out of the 14 regular season games. My team went 7-7 seven and seven and I didn't make the playoffs. And I was like, how could I have the freaking league MVP, leads the league in touchdowns, and I didn't even make it. So, of course, being a bean counter, being an accountant, I had to break this down in Excel. And I went game by game. And I realized, oh, he wasn't very consistent. He's, you know, he helped me here, helped me here, helped me here. But if he had scored one touchdown, just one touchdown in every game of, of the 14, instead of all over the place, I would have won two more games, or actually one more game, make the playoffs, and I would have won the championship. That's where my idea for consistency came in. Now, at the time, I didn't know that somebody had already done this. So Tristan Cockroft, who I know very well now, and we've talked, is already doing that in like 1999. I didn't know. Um, but I had my own calculation. I knew what how I wanted it to look. I wanted it to be simple. And so I came up with my own consistency algorithm. It's not an algorithm. It's an algebra. But, you know, calculation, what I wanted, you know, and I, so I created an Excel, I created these reports. And then I started, I was on a bulletin board site called Roto Junkie with a bunch of guys who now are actually quite famous in the fantasy world, both football and baseball. And I started sharing this with them, writing articles. And then I got hired by, a, you know, a small site, started writing articles. You know, then I got my first article in a, a print magazine that was on the shelf. You know, that was like, I thought I thought I'd reached the pinnacle of life at that point. Um, and so I just kept doing that and kept kind of getting noticed by other bigger sites, bigger sites. One time I was work, actually writing for CBS Sports and I didn't get paid a dime for any of it because it was just, hey, you want experience, you want to get your name out there. You're just excited to, you know, think you're cool because you write for a fantasy site. And again, nobody cared because it was still, you know, um, Early 2000s, even then it was kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, kind of cool. Not really. Um, and so, yeah, I just kept kind of kept doing that and doing that and doing that. Um, got in with a, a company called Roto Experts, which actually was probably the biggest company I had been in. Not, CBS Sports was bigger, obviously, as a whole. But from a fantasy perspective, Roto Experts was really big back in the day. And so now they're starting to have me come on do weekly shows on their Sirius XM's uh, show every Friday at like 9 a.m. Um, so again, every time I did something, I was like, oh, I can't, this can't get any bigger. This can't get any better. And it just kept rolling and rolling. But I finally then just got to a point where it's like, nobody really just understands what I'm doing. So I'm just going to have somebody and I'm going to create my own site. And I just started to write my own stuff and all my stuff. And then that kind of led to the book. Which then you know is kind of kind of led to where I'm at today, and and, and again that led to what you're at today. Let's just go ahead and talk about some like where fans can find your work, what that work is, and everything. 
So um, the consistency model and everything, the website is BigGuyFantasySports.com. Um, what I put out every year is called the Annual uh, Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. Um, and I started putting that out. Um, it's now going into year seven. So 2015, I think 2015 or 2016 was my first year. Um, and the reason I put that out was because I kept writing articles every year for other magazines that, again, I was buying off the shelf and I was, you know, super cool. Look at all my magazines I'm in. But I kept saying to them, you know, I, you, we could make profiles out of this consistency data and put it in with your con- profiles and think how cool that would be. And a lot of people said, love the idea, but we don't have room for more data. We can barely squeeze in what we got now into these pages. They said, why don't you just write your own? And I'm like, well, I, how am I going to write my own? How am I going to get published? They're like, well, you can get published on Amazon. You just submit it and you upload it and it becomes a book and they sell it for you. And I'm like, what? So I, I did that. And uh, so I did that in 2016, sold like 65 copies. And again, I thought, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Um, and then did it 2017, sold maybe 150. But that year I met Andy Barron's. Um, I started, got to know Andy Barron's, who is president of, of the Fantasy Sports Writers of America. And he said, hey, you know, you can submit that book because we have an award for the best fantasy football publication every year. Printed publication. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, right. Like, that's going to happen. So I'm like, all right, fine. What do I do? He said, well, put it in an envelope, mail it to me, and then I'll give it to the selection committee. They will review the books and whatever. Again, I didn't think anything. I'm like, yeah, yeah right. This, Yeah. Well, the first year, 2017, I get the I see the thing pop up on my Twitter that I was one of the five nominees as best guide of the year, and I was just again, this it can't get any better than this, right? I I just got nominated as one of the best books in the country. I've only written it for two years. Um, next year, submitted for 2018 and won, and I was like, what is going on here? So. Um, I was really excited. I, I think my wife remembers that I screamed because they, I got this text from or phone call from, and I didn't know who it was. And they're like, is this Bob Long? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, um, do you have five minutes to go on SiriusXM? And, and I'd been on SiriusXM before, so that wasn't a big – and I was like, well, who's having me on? And they're like, well, you won the best fantasy football publication of the year. We're doing a live broadcast to announce the winners. And I go, they're going to, they said, yeah, I'm going to call you back in five minutes. I'm like, okay, thanks. And I hung the phone up and I just screamed. My wife's like, lost, like, thought something was wrong. And I'm like, oh my God, I just won. <laughs> and so I just remember like just screaming like with joy. Um, and I got on and, you know, I was, I was just dumbfounded. And I've been nominated for another four or five years now. So it's like going on six years nominated, one year one. And again, every year I look and I'm like, I don't have a prayer because I'm going when the nominees, it's me versus CBS Sports, NBC Sports, uh, Fantasy Points. You know, these are all color publications on a, you know, you buy on mine is you buy it off Amazon and they ship it to you printed. It's black and white inside. It's there's no pictures. There's no color except for the cover. But I now sell 3000 copies a year. So. You know, it's hard to argue that it didn't work, but yeah, so that's how the whole publication. And again, I'll have that coming out in early May again, usually the second weekend in May, around Mother's Day. Um, and people will be hounding me real soon, like, what time's going to, when's it going to be out? Just tell me what day so I can get it first. I'm like, okay, fine. 
so yeah, it's kind of it's been it's been a fun ride. Let's you know the show has never been able to purchase this before. It was not aware they want to buy from an award winner. Like what what should they type into Amazon or do you have a separate link on a website that's easier for them? To be honest with you, if you just go in and type fantasy football consistency, do you only think it's going to pop up? <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. And in fact, this year we started our first um, consistency baseball guide for people that play in head-to-head points leagues. Because we, one of the things I thought about was, well, if we can track this for football, head-to-head points leagues is the same thing. It's a week-by-week game. And so what if we track the weekly uh, consistency of all the players by position? So data-wise, we started doing that four years ago. And all of a sudden, people started using it. And they're like, hey, when are you going to create a guide for the baseball? And I'm like, we never thought of that. Or we did, but I was just, nobody's going to read that, you know. So we put it out. We sold 100 copies in like a month because we didn't have time to really think about putting it together. We just did it. Now, next year, we're going to plan a little earlier and make it bigger and better. But yeah, so you know, it worked. What's the planning process and or maybe then also the whole like deciding how to put this book together? I mean, that, that's that's a, that's a big undertaking, I would imagine. Yeah, the first year was the toughest because... I, I kind of had to do it based on how, what would I want to see because I nothing else to base it on. Right. So, you know, it's certainly been tweaked quite a bit since, but you know, I kind of just laid it out similar to what you would see in a regular magazine. So it goes by position kind of has a summary, you know, here's the top players from last year. Here's the data to show you. Here's our picks kind of coin for this year. Here's some more data. And then the, the profiles, basically what people want is the profiles. You know, what, who do you like? Who do you like? Who's undervalued? Who's overvalued? You know, here's a guy that's consistent that you didn't even know about because he was 12th in total points, but hey, he was 85% consistent. So he's a much better than a guy who's 10th in total points, but only maybe 65% consistent. And that's really what it's been all about the whole time is just showing people, look, you can pick whoever you want. I'm just giving you an extra data tool that if that I think has worked, that I believe has worked for me for years in, in helping me make more playoffs in leagues, make, you know, not always, not always winning championships. I always tell people, look, this is not going to win you a championship, but guess what? You can't win a championship if you don't make the playoffs. That consistency, those two games that you miss because you may have been drafting cons- inconsistent players is the difference. Just look at the book, read it, and tell me if, if it worked for you or not. And most of the time, people are like, Bob, I, I've missed, I haven't made the playoffs since I ever played this in five years. And this year I made the playoffs and it was just that much, you know. It's, and so when I hear those things, like, okay, good, it, it works for other people. And I get a lot of those and it always makes me happy. It makes me feel better that, okay, good, somebody is benefiting from it. And, it, you know, like I said, now we're at 3,000 copies. So, you know, obviously there's a lot more people than I think that are using it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's kind of how it all came. About. Now, I almost asked the question, and now as you were ex- describing it again, I guess this is an irrelevant question possibly, but is it something where, okay, because it's a consistency, it's based on historical data, so it's not necessarily where you're predicting future outcomes, right? Or is there a little bit of that involved? Not really. It's it's kind of difficult. However, um, some of the data that's in there, and one of the ones that I think is very important is um, the there's a, a kind of a, what I call game historical game scenarios. So at the, at the bottom of each profile is 
how that person has done in the last one, two or three years, depending on if they've changed teams or you know how long they've been playing and how they do it home versus away. And then also against top 10 defenses, bottom 10 defenses, and, and then average. And what it shows is, and, and I think is beneficial, is is a guy doing well because he played against a bunch of bad defenses last year and this year because now that team will be playing a first-place schedule? Should you be concerned? Or vice versa. Hey, maybe a guy had a down year, but, you know, the team went is dead last, so they're going to be playing a lot of, you know, bad defenses. So it, it, it just gives you a lot of tools to help you make better decisions on that. Um, can you predict it? Uh, somewhat. I mean, a guy who's consistent is usually consistent. If they don't get hurt, there isn't major injuries around them. Like a quarterback, you know, is usually pretty consistent from year to year. You can count on them, but their star receiver goes down for six weeks or their star offensive lineman gets hurt. I mean, so there's all kinds of things that you can't predict. I'm just trying to show, hey, here's three years worth of data. This guy's been pretty consistent, but he's never got a lot. Jarvis Landry was always one of my favorite guys that never got a lot of love um, because he was always like 15th or 20th in total points, but he was always always 80% consistent. And so that was a guy that when he played for the Dolphins and that, not not for the Browns the last couple of years, of course. <laughs> right, right. But back when he played with the Dolphins and, you know, and, and uh, them – he was one of my poster boys for consistency. Keenan Allen's another poster boy for consistency. Like he's probably never going to be top five in scoring, but he might be top 15, but he's always going to be top 10 top. Sometimes a lot of the times top five in consistency. Even last year, he was 90% consistent. The nine games he played, he was nine out of 10 before he got hurt. Right. He he gets six catches for 80 yards and maybe a touchdown, maybe not, but that's enough to get over the, the, over the, kind of the clutch factor of 11 points and you can count him from game to game. If you give him as your wide receiver three, it's just gravy at that point. No, I, that's kind of how I, a lot of times like to build my rosters. I mean, like you said, you, you're not going to necessarily win with just a bunch of, you know, median outcomes or whatever the championship, but to get to the playoffs, I do like to balance my roster. Like, you know, here's my consistent guys. Here's my boom bust guys, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it and try yeah. to build it that way. So, yeah. um, and that's what I, so I put out a tier draft list, which is kind of like the one pager to take to drafts. And I, I even have a little chart in the corner to help people draft. And I say, get your consistent players rounds one through seven, one through eight, then start taking some chances. Find that high upside rookie or first year player, second year player. Cause yeah, those guys will certainly become beneficial to you. Um, and then you just hope no injuries, which is very tough to do at this point. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's that's, that's the biggest factor in everything, which is uh, don't even get me started with the whole taking Christian McCaffrey number one overall two times. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. and then this last year, he finally does it again. And I I didn't end up. <laughs> t- I took him in a bunch of best ball stuff, but I didn't have the higher picks or whatever. So let's right. get into, you know, you kind of led. I was going to ask you the question of like what what's changed the most over the years. You kind of led into that because you have the different stuff. What about when you're going through these consistency charts? Because you've you've done so long this kind of process. What's maybe either the type of consistency factor that really surprised you the most, or maybe a player that jumped out? You're like either man, I did not expect him to be super consistent, or vice versa. One of the things that I try to do each year is, and it it. it it gets tougher every year because you know, is try to be innovative, try to find something different to use with that data. Um, last year, one of the things that I 
found because I started playing in more super flex leagues, um, multiple flex leagues, instead of this, the traditional one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, tight end, kicker, defense, and you're done as starters. Because, you know, people get bored with that. They start, hey, let's put in three flex players now. Let's add in, you know, let's make it super flex. So, and so what I went in and did is using the, the, the reports, the online tools we have, I started adjusting more players being involved, which reduces the clutch factor overall, allows some players to make a jump when they're, now there's multiple needs for them. So like a super flex. So for example, in a two quarterback or a super flex league where you can do two quarterbacks, Last year, I had said, heading into 2022, I had said, you know, Daniel Jones, as a super flex quarterback, would have been 65%, but as a one quarterback, he was only like 35%. Mm. But I said, he's close enough every game that he can be beneficial in a super flex. And oh, by the way, he's getting Brian Dable as his coach. I kind of like him in a super flex scenario. So I actually went out in my dynasty leagues and traded for him because, you know, because I got him for peanuts. And I made the finals in both leagues with Daniel Jones as one as my second quarterback. Um, so that's that's the, I, so I call it flex consistency. And so I did it for running backs and wide receivers like, hey, if you have one flex, this guy goes from a. 50% to 60%, but at two flex, he goes up to 75. And I was showing those guys that were kind of like just had enough, you know, goodness in them and points that they could be beneficial if you're in a multiple flex league. So don't forget about them when you're drafting because you might grab them round 10, round 12 and use them and realize, hey, they paid off. Um, so that's what I, you know, that was the kind of the new thing. Um, and I'll have that in a book again this year with the flex consistency. Uh, so that's kind of one of the new, but I've been adding, there's ones called X consistency, which kind of takes their points per game times their consistency to sh- say, Hey, okay, this guy got hurt. So, you know, he only played in six or eight or 10 or 12 games, but when he played, when you would look at his consistency and a point per game, he actually is up here. If you could play all 16 games. Now I get some of these guys can't stay healthy, but it helps identify kind of that sleeper guy who got hurt. And maybe, you know, like I'm actually working on tight ends, Dallas Goddard last year, you know, he got hurt. Uh, so he ended up 12th in total points, but his consistency was 83% and his X consistency was actually number two overall after Kelsey. Now he's way below Kelsey because everybody's way below Kelsey, but he's ahead of Hawkinson, Kittle, Mark Andrews. And I mean, I really, and you know, his ADP right now is tight end six, pick 71. Yeah, I'm going to pick Dallas Guard all day if I don't get Kelsey in the first round, which probably won't. Um, so those are the kind of things I keep trying to find more ways to use the data to look at it differently so that it can help people make, make good decisions. You just gave at least three or four golden fantasy football knowledge nuggets in there just from utilizing data slash. Um, you know, how to then uh, attribute that and actually utilize it as from a tactical perspective. If someone wants to learn, say, your strategy and how to manipulate some of your strategies, like how, how can they go about getting that training? I mean, they can hit me up on Twitter. It's at Bob underscore Lung. Email me at Bob at Big Guy Fantasy Sports. I'm always willing to help um, because if, if somebody could take the time to ask me, I'm going to help them as much as I can 
you know, guide them towards the book, obviously, the website, and just say, here's the tools. And, you know, if you buy the subscription, I think we only charge 10, 20 bucks a year, depending on if you buy the guide or not. I mean, again, we keep it very inexpensive. This is a side project. This is not my full-time job. Um, I want to help people more than I, yeah, I'll make a little money just to make it worth my time, but it's not about charging 50 bucks a month or $200 a year or what, nah. So yeah, I usually give out advice for free all the time. I don't care. <laughs> so when are we going to have the Professor Bob YouTube channel just giving us a bunch of lessons and stuff like that? As soon as I figure out time to fit in my schedule. I'm five years away from retiring. So maybe in five years, I'll I'll do daily daily consistency tips or something. I don't know. We'll see. There you go. August of 2028. We'll be looking forward to the Professor there Bob you, uh, yeah. you know, data analysis channel. Um, let's give the listener of the show one last time again. If they want to learn about the Fantasy Football Expo or your work, where can they find that? So Fantasy Football Expo is at thefantasyfootballexpo.com. If you want to follow it on Twitter, it's at theffexpo. Um, Big Guy Fantasy Sports is where all the consistency data is for baseball and football. Um, so definitely check that out, especially if you play head-to-head leagues. But if not, we'll be putting out football articles probably after we get the, the magazine out here early May. Uh, the cons- 2023 Consistency Guide will be coming out, like I said, uh, probably second weekend in May. Um, after the draft is over and I got time to kind of twist and turn everything I've got in there. And, uh, then, you know, just follow that all summer long, come to the expo, check us all out, hit me up with whatever questions you have and just, uh, just happy to, to be a part of it. Yeah. So then if I'm going to, if you were to give us some last words of, I always call them gridiron knowledge nuggets in my other show, but fantasy knowledge nuggets, I guess, through the lens of somebody who's been in the industry for so long, Someone that wants to maybe like start contributing, they recognizing it's not going to be their full time gig, but like, what would you give as advice to them? And and I do this with everybody. Find a unique way to contribute. Um, that's the only. I mean, you know, again, I I got lucky. Whether you call it lucky, blessed, I don't know what the word I would use. That I started this twenty years ago. So by the time you know, everybody th- I know is when the book won the award. Somebody said, "What is?" Asked me what it was like to be an overnight success because the book had only been out two years. And I said, well, it only took me 16 years to get here. (laughs) Um, You know, one, don't get overwhelmed. Um, Don't let it run your life. Do it at your convenience. Pretend it's a hobby, whether it be like gardening or woodworking. Do it as as something to keep you occupied that takes you away from either your life or – your job that you just want to kind of get away and do your own thing. Be unique. Um, you know, you can't, everybody can't just say Josh Allen's good. So, you know, why is Josh Allen good? What is, you know, people have invented things like air yards and I've done the consistency and, you know, find something unique, find something that makes you different. Um, whether it's a fun podcast, if you're really good at that and you'll get noticed. Um, and if you really want to get noticed and again, I'm, just throwing it out to be because I'm biased, come to the expo. Because if you've got a cool idea and you've got something unique, that's where everybody is. I can't tell you how many people in 2021 got jobs after we had the big expo in 2021. A uh, bunch of guys got hired by NBC Sports. A bunch of people got hired by football guys uh, because they came and they shared their ideas and their knowledge. And people thought those guys went, oh, yeah, I yeah, we should talk. And they did. Um, I didn't invent the expo for that, but I'm so glad it happens that way. Um, but yeah, just 
be unique, be different, be true to yourself. Don't overwhelm yourself. Uh, don't take anything away from your family, kids, wife, job, whatever. It's always got to be fourth or fifth, whatever you want to make it. Um, and then just keep growing it and growing it and take your time. And if it takes off, good for you. If it doesn't, it's still fun. <laughs> you know, I always say, look, if I never did any of this and I just was still writing and maybe I'm putting my book out, I would have been fine with it. I just have to be over aggressive. And I just saw ideas. You know, I would say it's kind of the find a need and fill, uh, find a need and fill it, right? Fanafi, I think is the term. And so every time somebody said, man, if we could have this, this would be cool. And I said, okay, well, let's do this. Um, I just got lucky, you know, or blessed, I guess is a better word. And, and now it's, it's, you know, come to something that I still have a full-time job. I mean, I'm still a CFO for a, you know, a hundred million dollar company and that's fine. And that's my job. Um, and I just do this on the side and it's just been fun. And yeah, it can be a little overwhelming. <laughs> There's a lot of nights I'm sitting at a computer, come home, eat and go right back to sitting at the computer all night long and working on the book or getting ready for the expert or whatever. But that's what I enjoy. And, you know, my kids are all grown and out of the house. My wife has accepted this after 30 years. So <laughs> we finally, you know, because I can make some money at it. So, uh, but yeah, I, it's uh, just, just kind of follow those. I think you'll be fine. There you go. Fantasy Football Expo. Big guy fantasy football. Bob Long. Canton, Ohio. Now, I really had no idea going into this that it would involve a conversation and a story about him driving for the Hall of Fame for over three decades. Figured there'd be some kind of Hall of Fame involved, but I didn't realize it was going to be to that extent. And I hope you enjoyed this week's interview and were able to take a walk down memory lane to your fantasy football origin story that you can remember. To learn more about this show and our other guests, head to fantasyfootballoriginstories.com. Again, that's fantasyfootballoriginstories.com. And to get your ticket for the Fantasy Football Expo this upcoming year, head to thefantasyfootballexpo.com. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fantasy Football Origin Stories. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please make sure to mash that little subscribe or follow button on your podcast player of choice, then head over to the website for the show notes and more Fantasy Football Origin Stories. That's at FantasyFootballOriginStories.com. And remember, dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, 
That's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.